welcome. This is Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Grant Westcott from ComC. We're going to talk about his origin story, but first, thanks sponsors. Thanks especially ComC.com, who's lent uh, Grant uh, to us for the next 15 minutes, as well as Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, as well as Upper Deck, Tops, and Panini. So Grant, welcome to the show. I'm really looking forward to hearing your origin story. I know you're a, a senior guy at ComC. We want to hear about that, but how do you even come up on the radar? What? How did you get started as a collector in the first place? Yeah, well, thanks, Jim, for having me. It's actually a big honor for me to be talking to you and, and being here on this podcast. So I imagine that my story, it's its a lot its a lot like many of your listeners that are my age. I'm, I'm 36 years old. So back in 1990, my dad took me to Roadrunner Sports Cards in Federal Way, Washington, which is no longer there. I don't think that they survived the, the baseball strike. However, we got, a, got me a pack of 1990 Donruss and opened it up and I was hooked. My older brother collected. He had, you know, Griffey rookies. He had some nice stuff. And so I was always, I was always chasing Griffey cards back then. And my, my luck wasn't all that good with wax. It never really has been. So I don't think I pulled that many, but you know, I, I collected with my, my older brother and also my younger brother who's closer in age and a, a friend in the neighborhood all throughout the nineties. You know, we were looking up our cards in Beckett. We were, we were trading cards with each other and basically just use cards as currency like we were kids. So that's kind of, that's kind of how I got started out. And then like a lot of people, you know, toward the end of the nineties, you know, I was going into high school and just kind of lost touch with the hobby for a little, for a little while. Years later, my, my neighborhood friend gave me a call and he said, Hey man, I'm, I'm buying cards again. And, uh, just kind of came out of nowhere and he was, he was into collecting. So he invited me to go to one of our local shows and I bought a box of 2007 Bowman Chrome. did not do well on that either, but I was pretty quickly hooked on everything. And I, I kind of found my niche at the time. I was really rediscovering all of these rare 90, 90s inserts that I, I basically didn't even know existed when I was a kid. It was, these are cards that just were not obtainable to me. And uh, a huge shout out to the super sweet 90s thread on Freedom Cardboard uh, forums. They, they had a wealth of knowledge and a lot of inspiration for me to, to kind of continue my collection. So that's kind of how I got started again are with you, the hobby. Are you talking about those ultra tough cards? I mean, the, the, the metal yeah. gems and things like that. Were you a high end exactly. from, from the start? Yeah. So, I mean, this is, these are cards. So when I got back involved in the hobby back in the mid two thousands, that's when I started kind of going after crusades and yeah, the PMGs and, and all that kind of stuff. I didn't even really know about it when I was a kid. I mean, I, I didn't, I wasn't spending a lot of money on cards and there was no chance I was pulling those things. So I just, there were a little listing in, in my price guide. That was pretty much the only exposure I got to those cards growing up. I know, but they they were so tough. I mean, where did you, how did you have the thought to go after the toughest, the rarest, because if you bought then, They've mm -hmm. wildly gone up in in the interim 12 or 13 years. Yeah. So I bought some of them and have since probably sold some or, or all of them. So it was really my my friend told me he he just started buying. That's what he gravitated to. You know, he he started telling me, Hey, did you know that these you know, these fractal materials are made out of wood, they're die cut, they're numbered to 20. I'm like, I'd never heard of such a thing. That's amazing. And and so I started kind of going after that. It was just you know, it's what seemed really interesting to me at the time, kind of a mix of nostalgia and then sort of rediscovering the hobby that I didn't even really know about when I was younger. So they've definitely skyrocketed over the years, but that was, you know, that was kind of me getting back into the hobby back in mid to late 2000s. Yeah. But you were, uh, again, now you're with Comp C, and I don't want to jump ahead to that, except to say that mm -hmm. the strength of Comp C, they have a lot of really great cards, but the strength of Comp C is in the long tail. Are you saying mm -hmm. that these, all these millions of cards uh, that are on Com C. You're, are you still mainly interested in the the best of the best? No, not not at all. I would say that I've probably eased off on the '90s a little bit. My collecting 
kind of goes in different phases and it's really kind of just depends on what I'm interested in at the time. So that was kind of, that was then me rediscovering things. I was actually, you know, pretty much priced out of the Griffey cards I wanted. So I was chasing Buner, you know, it was still obtainable that I can kind of get these cool inserts that I didn't know about. But I found a lot of the cards on Com C. I check out my cards at the time. And, you know, this is before I worked, worked here. I actually found this site and I just found it was super easy to, you know, buy these cards. I would just, as I saw them pop up onto the site, I would, I would, I'd snag them and, and, and just ship them later. So it was something that really, I'd say that Com C definitely helped me kind of getting back into the hobby because there's just such a, a vast, I guess, depth of cards, just different kinds of cards that were available to me. And I could kind of carve out my niche on what I was interested in. So you had, uh, this is before you were working there, but mm-hmm. you're so aware and you're in the area, you're in, you're in Washington state, right? I am. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was, I was using the site. I didn't really know much about r- really the service too much. I knew that I was able to, to buy and to flip on, on the website, but I didn't know too much about it. And then I, I discovered that they were about a half hour from where I was living and I was interested in a job. It looked like they were hiring and came in for an interview, had a second interview and actually got to, to sit down with Tim and, and hear, hear his vision and his passion uh, for everything. And I, I was basically sold. I, I just knew there was something special about what they were doing. Uh, something that was really unique and different in the hobby. And, and it was really exciting. So I just kind of, at the time, I, just, I was just wanted to play any part I really could. And, and since then, I've had the opportunity to do a, a lot of different things here. Right now, I'm in business development, but I've helped with software. I helped with various initiatives. I, I've identified cards. I mean, really, just about every area of the business, I've, I've been able to kind of participate in, in in one form or another. Most people are either kind of data people or relationship people in our industry. It sounds like you're a little bit of both. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm, I've, I've always been a little bit of both of kind of everything I get into. So yeah, I mean, I, I definitely enjoy the data and all that, but but for sure, like talking to collectors, talking cards with people. And, and I'd say even with my collecting, it's it's really the same way. I'm not pure collector and I'm not pure investor. I've always kind of found this kind of happy medium between those two things. So I really, I guess, kind of capitalized on the whole trading aspect of trading cards, right? I mean, I think that these cards that are made to be traded there's a there's some emotion in there definitely with the sports and the players and our heroes that are represented on them and and then there's you know there's monetary value that's involved and i I like the balance that it strikes it's always been really attractive to me you know ever since i was a a little kid actually with my with my little beckett price guide absolutely that's that's what i was interested in what's up so right now you're doing business development and is that Mm -hmm. kind of the b2b aspect of of uh trying to establish uh relationships with uh uh, sellers or other uh, key players in the industry? What what business development, how does that shake out? Yeah, definitely. So it's going to be B2B and B2C. I mean, we are we have our partners that we've been working with, and it's also looking for just different ways to build upon sort of this this crazy, beautiful machine that, that Tim built, what, 12 years ago? I've been with the company now for eight years as of last month. And so we're we're always looking for kind of just new opportunities to to help our customers out. And so one of the things that we uh, did earlier this year, late last year, we got started was introducing the ComC Elite service. You know, traditionally, I think when people think ComC or they think check out my cards, they say, well, that's, yeah, that's a great place to sell your low-end cards. And and it is, there's, there's no question about that. But I, I think that there's a lot of kind of shared benefits for even dealing in mid and high-end cards with ComC. And that's what we really wanted to, to focus on. And so we introduced the ComC Elite service. It's got a little bit more white glove treatment um, on the cards. And, and also ComC auctions with eBay. So now people are able to to list their cards on eBay just really effortless, effortlessly. And so a lot of, yeah, a lot of this year has really been focused on on building that out and listening to our customers and building some relationships. The, the team over at eBay has been really great to work with. They've been really supportive of what we've done. I mean, one of the cool things is we take 
you know, eBay auctions, which, you know, most people are familiar with, and it's just a great platform to sell um, cards at auction. And we we're like, well, what could we do to, to help improve that? And one of the things that we were able to do is allow people to purchase cards, you know, win cards at auction and instantly transfer them to their ComC account, whether they want to, you know, they want to flip them or they just want to ship them later, giving that kind of flexibility. We're always looking for kind of other things that we can do to sort of shake things up and, and make it a little easier for our customers. So you're uh, in your business development role, are you saying that what gets you charged is kind of the strategic aspects of that or? Uh, mm -hmm, absolutely. A lot of absolutely. Kind of tactical and strategic thinking of how do we want to uh, shape this relationship with eBay to make it work for all of our stakeholders? Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly it. I mean, when I really just kind of crystallize what everybody wants, it all kind of comes down to that transaction, right? Like, that's when, when when that transaction happens, the buyer's happy, the seller's happy, Comcy's happy, you know, in the auction scenario, eBay's happy. So we really just want to to kind of see, like, how can we create more of those transactions uh, for people where, where there's these kind of win-win situations? And so just kind of thinking about more ways to do that, listening to our customers, what they like, you know, what they don't, and just, you know, kind of trying to improve on this model has been, it's been a really cool opportunity for me. How do you, I mean, just for, how do, how do you want customers to be in contact with you? Can you give your, you know, how, how you'd like any listeners that are curious about this elite service that maybe haven't tried it yet to, you know, how would they get in touch with you or what, what's your preferred one? <laughs> and plus, I'm just wondering how you, what, what is your listening posture? Is it Twitter? Is it, is it other social media things? Or I mean, how are you staying in touch and how do you want people to get in touch with you? Yeah, yeah, good question. So we are on social media. We have channels on Instagram. We've gotten our, our Instagram channel where we're always listing kind of new cards, especially some of the higher end cards that we can feature on there that come through the door. So you can follow us on Instagram, on Twitter. We're still at Check Out My Cards. Also on Facebook. If if any if any of your listeners have any high end cards that they want to get the most exposure on, they can send us an email at auctions at comc.com and send send a photo or some photos of these cards that you're interested in selling, and we'll get back to you and basically just kind of figure out what ways we can give you the most exposure. The the auctions, the eBay auctions that you've already started, are are you already getting really good traction from your current customers, or do you see this as an expansion into? I mean, what what what's the strategic initiative here? Because it seems like a lot of your current customers hopefully are taking advantage of that. Yeah, it's been a little bit of both. So um, one of the one of the cool things, again, with auctions is that we already have a, a pretty strong inventory. I don't know how many millions of cards we have right now, something like six million different cards or something. And, and so people can just send those to auction directly from their account. So it's actually one of the benefits of the elite service is you can send your cards in, sell them for a little bit. If uh, if you're not getting the price that you want, or if you just want to liquidate, um, you can just instantly send it to auction. We list it in the in the next round of auctions uh, the following week. But we've also gotten a lot of people who have, you know, they, they may have thought of ComC as, you know, a low end kind of high volume platform in the past. And they've tried us out for for auctions and, and we've gotten a lot of really good feedback. A lot of people are really enjoying it. So it's been a healthy mix of both, but I think there's still people that are still doing it themselves or doing it the hard way. And we just want to, we want to help them out. Well, I'm a, I'm a satisfied customer. Actually, I shouldn't say satisfied because I'm always looking for a little bit more. <laughs> it's not your fault if, if I have cards on ComC and they don't sell. I, I don't sell out every month, so I don't want to create that expectation. But, but generally, if you price things fairly, they'll eventually sell. That's been my, uh, my thought. And on the higher end stuff, what I'm wondering, uh, this is my last question for you, is, and that is that I have a card on my ComC account that is pretty rare. And I, have, I obviously have a fixed price on it. And I'm wondering if I should move it to auction because then I get maybe more more eyeballs or more urgency. And I might even wind up getting more in the auction format than my fixed price, which is, which is, which is not a, 
I mean, it's what I think it's worth, but it's possible. Would you encourage me to go the auction route that I might even do better? I mean, I'd certainly be liquidated. I'd get, I'd get money out of it. What do you mm-hmm. think? It, you know, it depends on the card. I think uh, in a lot of cases that that's, you know, that's the case, but you could have a really good price on your card right now at fixed price. And it's just, it's going to take that one buyer to come along to see right. it. And then they're going to want it. So I would say that there's a lot of cards, especially if it's something that's really relevant right now in the hobby or, you know, in sports, it's a great time to, to put that up at auction, but there's going to be other cards that are maybe a little more obscure or, you know, it's just going to have a lot more of a niche market. And, and for those sometimes, Hey, sometimes you get two or three bidders that are all kind of battling one another, but there are definitely certain cards that are still very high value, but maybe aren't quite as liquid and, and maybe aren't, aren't best suited for auction. Uh, thanks, Grant. Time's up. I'm not going to say what the card is, but it would have been a card that you would have been interested in when you were. It was one of those kind of cards you were talking about. So let's we'll, we'll talk later. <laughs> and, uh, let's we'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. Thanks, Grant Westcott. Thanks, Com C. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be back tomorrow with another episode.